Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 29. Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and honorable fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he moved to Haran. God told him, Leave your native land and your relatives, and come to the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole country would belong to Abraham and his descendants, though he had no children yet. But God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign country, where they would be mistreated as slaves for four hundred years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God told him, and in the end they will come out and worship me in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. And so Isaac, Abraham's son, was circumcised when he was eight days old. Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of the twelve patriarchs of the Jewish nation. These sons of Jacob were very jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him, and delivered him from his anguish. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom, so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of all the affairs of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery for our ancestors, as they ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to Egypt, seventy-five persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did all his sons. All of them were taken to Shechem, and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. As the time drew near when God would fulfill His promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king plotted against our people and forced parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When at last they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter found him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he became mighty in both speech and action. One day, when he was forty years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. During this visit, he saw an Egyptian mistreating a man of Israel. So Moses came to his defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his brothers would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you hurting each other? 
But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside and told him to mind his own business. Who made you a ruler and judge over us? he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian, where his two sons were born. Hey, um, I'm Cody Fannin. I'm 34 years old. I'm from Ashland, Kentucky. I'm in second phase here at the refuge. And uh, I just kind of want to give you guys a little little heads up on my journey that I've been through so far. Um, I grew up, it was a pretty normal uh, family, uh, cons- you know, by society standards. I uh, grew up going to church, uh, was heavily involved in church. My parents uh, had us there every Sunday and Wednesday, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, was heavily involved in youth group, um, very active and all that. Uh, never really drank or did any type of drugs uh, through high school. I grew up very um, involved in athletics. Um, so I really never had any free time growing up or knew anything outside of church or sports or school. Um, I accepted a, a basketball scholarship uh, and got a free college ride. Um, took advantage of that. About my junior, sophomore, junior year, I, uh, I tore my ACL and then had to have uh, knee surgery. Um, at that point, they had sent me home with uh, some pain pills. Uh, therein lied when I found out that I had a, an addictive personality. An unaccompanied uh, 19 or 20 year old college kid with you know, 60 Percocets, Um, I went through them pretty quick, needless to say. Uh, After that, went through them in four or five days, I believe, Uh, went back to the doctor, made up a lie, said that my roommate had a party and somebody had stolen those pills, Uh, went through those again, Uh, went and got another script, lied, got another script filled, then I hit a point where I couldn't afford or get any more scripts filled. So I replaced that buzz, I substituted it with alcohol. Then started to row to me being an alcoholic as well as being addicted to opioids. Um, I dropped out of school, fell out, uh, stopped going to class, was just drinking and partying all the time. Moved back home and worked. Although I was working, I was still drinking heavily and doing drugs. Uh, I did that, I've done that pretty much for the last you know, 13 or 14 years. Um, about two years ago, oh no, I'd say about three years ago, I went through a split up with my fiance, lost my house, um, then I uh, sunk very heavily into depression and anxiety. Uh, that took me down a very, very dark road, a dark path. Um, I started drinking, using medicine, or using drinking then as medicine to help medicate myself at night. I would, uh, I would start off drinking a few shots, five or six beers, and then turned into a pint. Before you know it, I'm drinking, you know, a fifth of liquor every night just to help me go to sleep to cope with my problems. At that point, I was I'd lost pretty much everything. On top of that, you know, I'm also scoring scoring some opioids every now and then, and doing those as well. Uh, it all hit a really, really, really bad point about two years ago when I. Uh, I was uh, having a really bad day. I'd lost my business I was running at the time. I had ran a business for six years and I'd lost it at all. I drank it and drugged it all away. Um, 
thought I was going in line for this job opportunity. I did not get the job. Uh, went to the liquor store, bought a, bought a fifth of bourbon. I drank all of it. Was driving. Don't even remember hardly anything. I was on, I was on some pills too. Um, cop tried to pull me over. I took off from the cop. Um, about half a mile down the road, I, I flipped and wrecked my car. Um, I had no seatbelt on. You know, I, my car rolled four times. I uh, should have been dead if it wasn't for, for God's grace and, and His love and His mercy. You know, I, I wouldn't be here today. Um, he took me out of that situation. I did have to go to jail for a while. Um, luckily, I, you know, I, I did pay for a lawyer. I didn't get any felonies or anything. But I got out of jail thinking that everything was going to be okay and that that I was never going to do drugs or drink again. But we all know, most of us probably know that when you're in jail, you just lay there. You don't you don't get any type of help. You know, you just lay there and sleep most of the time and and get really good at spades. But you you don't get any type of uh, education on on uh, drug rehabilitation or, or drinking or alcoholism or anything like that. So I was pretty much just lying to myself when I got out. I stayed sober for three or four months. Um, during that time, I'd, I'd had a girlfriend and she got pregnant. Um, everything was good for five, you know, for a few more months. And then she had a miscarriage and that's when things really hit rock bottom. I went back to uh, drinking heavily, blaming God for everything. Why are you doing this to me? Um, and then I, I had a tipping point. I, I, I was drinking Everclear at this point. At a tipping point, one day I woke up and God had just spoke to me and put it on my heart. I prayed. I said, God, you know, please help me out of this. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm miserable. You know, I was on my knees. I was crying. Um, please, you know, I need help. Give me the courage and strength to get help. And I kind of didn't even realize I was doing it, but I'd, I'd text my mom and said, Mom, I need help. Come pick me up. So she, uh, she come pick me up and took me to detox in the, in, in, you know, in the hospital. And uh, my boss recommended that I come here to the refuge. Um, so that's what I did. Um, and thank God I did. It's been the best uh, decision I've ever made personally. I'm at such peace right now in my life, guys. It's 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 amazing. Uh, the key though is you gotta you gotta really submit to the process. Submit to God first. And submit to the process. You know, things will fall in line if you do so. Uh, I just God loves each and every one of us, and you know He has a special purpose for each one of us. God gives His toughest battles to His toughest soldiers. I really do believe that. We all haven't went through all this for. For no reason at all, you know. There's, it's no. It's, you know, it's 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 amazing what we're going to do when we get out of here, and uh, and you know, we're going to be able to change people's lives, and I really believe that. So I love all you guys. Uh, I'm praying for each one of you guys every single day. Have a good day today, um, and always remember Philippians four six through seven. Love you guys. Bye.